lovers, this is Bree. This is Fatina. And you're listening to Stranger Danger, a true crime podcast. Welcome back. Well, we won't get updates on Sarah Boone for oh, a bit. Yes. Damn it. I know. So Was it January? Yeah, it got moved over to January. And I was kind of expecting that. You know, that it wasn't going to happen right yeah. on November 7th as it was, you know, because that was already a rescheduled date. Mm-hmm. So hopefully in January it'll happen where a trial actually begins. And I'm kind of, I'm not holding my breath because it could change again. Yeah. So, so am I going first today? Sure. Okay. Yeah. What I'm covering today is something that uh, it's it's just one of those cases that. If anyone is willing to talk to me about it, I am glad to talk to them about it. Um, it's the case of Casey Anthony. So, oh. Yeah. I didn't know we were starting that already. I'm so excited. We're doing that. Yes. Cool. It's, it's, a, it's a big case. It's something Huge that, case. you know, it's no pun intended, beaten to death. Like, it's it's yeah. been overdone. Uh-huh. Absolutely. But, you know, there's sometimes... Um, it's nice to hear either from another perspective or just get other people's opinions. So hopefully that's what we'll do today. We'll run through all the information that we were able to gather. It's just one of those cases that, you know, it's it's so big. And because it's so big and it was um, so covered in the media that it's very easy to run with an opinion. Definitely. Without having everything. Mm-hmm. Because it's such an emotionally <sighs> driven yeah. case. It's yeah. hard to not like instantly have an opinion or a bias. Right. So, and, and I tried to do my research in an unbiased way where I was just going to gather information. And that is hard to do because a lot of the specials that are out there, a lot of the books that are out there are going to be one way or the other. And there's never kind of like an unbiased opinion out there. So I'll give you as much as I can. If you haven't heard of the Casey Anthony case, um, I don't know, you might be a younger listener. (laughs) Or living under a rock. Or or... living under a rock (laughs) and you're young. (laughs) Um, But Casey Anthony was put on trial for the murder of her then two-year-old daughter, Kaylee Anthony. Mm -hmm. Lots of history to go through here, lots of information, so just buckle up. I'm so excited to relive this. There's a lot of information. A lot of information that even, you know, this happened back in 2008 and the trial was 2011. I, although I did have an interest in, in true crime at that point and, you know, podcasts weren't a big thing no. and... Um, you either had cable and you had court TV mm-hmm. <laughs> or you can read the tabloids or you watch some of the news. So I never watched it all as in like streamlined like I did now. Yeah. So it was interesting to get that new information and to um, kind of form a form a better opinion of why I stand where I stand. So More informed. Um, without further ado. This is the case of Casey Anthony. It's known as, you know, the Casey Anthony case. I don't know why ne- no one ever calls it the Kaylee Anthony case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although, you know, she was the, the victim in this case. But 
So where did this all start? So on July 15th, um, sorry, before I get started, I do have notes. I have paper notes. <laughs> so if you hear this, that's me flipping my pages. If you hear this again and again, that's me going back to my notes. <laughs> because the, the, the cast of characters that is involved in this case is so freaking massive. Yeah. There's so many names. The dates are important. Uh-huh. The places are important. Yeah. Um, that I had to start writing them down because, you know, the last couple of cases I've been kind of doing from memory because I'm like, oh, they're, you know, they're good cases. Pretty straightforward. They're pretty straightforward. Yeah. Two or three people max, couple of dates here and there. But this one, the truth lies in the details, I think. Yeah. And it was, and there's so many names. So sorry in advance if you hear the notes, just know that um, that's how I do sometimes. That's how I do it sometimes. (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Um, That reminds me of the new uh, Jennifer Coolidge commercial, Old Navy. She's like, sorry, not sorry. Oh my God. I freaking love that woman. I always think of her in Legally Blonde. Oh, absolutely. And then she was just in The Watcher. Yes. And she was also in The White Lotus, which I think is a Oh man, it might be a Paramount that. exclusive okay. show. Um, but every time, I don't know who does it. I'm, I think it's on purpose. They slip into her dialogue to say dumbass. And I'm like, oh, if only she said it like legally blonde, you dumbass. <laughs> dumbass. I sent Skylar a meme of her from <laughs> legally blonde. You look like the 4th of July. Yeah. You make me want a hot dog real bad. <laughs> it's just my... Fi- and there is a filter on <laughs> Instagram where your face will literally look like no. this woman. And so just like if you're sitting at home bored and you want to laugh, find this filter and say that line to yourself and um, just save it for a sad day so you have something to laugh at. It's it so good. It doesn't even have to be the 4th of July. No, it doesn't. So I'll try to keep everything straight. And if I go back and forth, I'm sorry. Hopefully it all makes sense. So just bear with me here. So this all started on July 15th, 2018. Mm-hmm. It started with a series of 911 calls that Casey's mom, Cindy Anthony, made to the police. The first 911 call that she makes is of her and Casey sitting in their vehicle and that's because she, her and her husband, George, got a phone call from a local impound lot that they had impounded their vehicle and it was sitting in the tow lot for them to go pick up. This was the vehicle that Casey was supposed to have and was driving around in. She made the first 911 call with Casey sitting there in the car and she is asking the police to come over or no, I'm sorry. She's asking the police, where can I take someone to get arrested? Right. And the cop says, what? Excuse me? (laughs) Like, what do you, can you, can you elaborate? What do you mean? Where do you take someone to get arrested? And she goes on to say that the car that they just pulled out of the tow yard was supposed to be with Casey and that she had stolen that vehicle from them. She had reported it stolen and that she had also stolen some money from her, from 
Cindy. Mm-hmm. And so the cop's like, um, y- you can stay tight. We'll send someone to you. Obviously, it's not like an emergency type situation because the perpetrator is known. It's a known family member. Right. We're just talking about a car and money. Exactly. And something that she's already recovered, at least for the car. So the cop's like, just hang tight. We'll get someone out to you eventually. Yeah. A couple hours go by. So now they're in the house. They're probably... Some words are being said about... Where's the, you know, where were you? Why is the car gone? She had told her parents that she was going to be in Jacksonville, Florida for some work conference. Mm-hmm. To put it in perspective, they're originally from Orlando, Florida. Okay. So some distance away. Mm-hmm. Now, with that said, so some hours go by, the cops are still not there. She calls the cops again, like, hey, is someone going to come over? And they're telling her, like, Hey, we'll have someone on the way. Mm-hmm. It's whenever a police officer becomes available that we'll send someone to you. Right. We'll still post them somewhere because they're definitely worth a listen. At this point, it just sounds like a mother trying to teach her daughter a lesson. Sure. Low on their priority list. Yeah. We'll get to you when we can get to you. Yeah. And then conversations, I'm sure, keep happening inside the home. And she's asking her, like, okay, where's my granddaughter? Where is Kaylee? And at first, Casey puts it off saying she's with the nanny. She's with the nanny. Now, the grandmother hasn't seen Kaylee in 31 days. Long time. Mind you, they live in that house. Mm -hmm. So for 31 days, Casey was telling her parents that she was at a work thing. Mm -hmm. And any time that the parents called or the the grandmother called Cindy to talk to Kaylee and, and Casey... Casey would tell her that Kaylee was sleeping, was busy watching TV, was doing something where she couldn't come to the phone, was with the babysitter, that the babysitter took her out to another kid's birthday party. For some, there was always an excuse on why she couldn't talk to Kaylee. So, I mean, 31 days is four weeks, Mm -hmm. give or take a few weekends. Mm -hmm. Um, But four weeks go by, you normally see this child every day. The grandma's starting to grow more and more suspicious. At 10.36 that night on July 15th, the police department, 911, gets a third phone call from Cindy. This is the infamous phone call that Cindy is calling the police and says, we recovered, you know, I called a couple hours ago. I'm waiting for a cop, but you need to get here now because the shit's hit the fan. Mm -hmm. She doesn't say that. I'm adding words. Mm -hmm. But she says, I just confirmed with my daughter that my granddaughter is missing, that she hasn't seen her in 31 days either. She says that the nanny has gotten her and Uh won't tell her where she is. Now she says that the car that they recovered from the impound lot, that they went and opened the trunk of it, and her words are, smells like there's been a dead body in the damn car. Uh So those words will definitely come back into play yes and at that point the cop asked or the dispatcher asked to speak to casey like okay put your daughter on the phone because obviously this fantastical story of like the nanny hazard sounds a little weird like let me put some pieces together let me talk to the mother of the child so she speaks to kate uh to casey and casey repeats the same thing she is with the nanny 
And she's like, what do you mean she's with a nanny and you haven't seen her for 31 days? She's like, yeah, well, things have happened and like, I've been trying to deal with it myself, et cetera, et cetera. She's like, well, who's the nanny? She gives her a name. I'll come back to the name. So at that point, the cops are like, okay, cool. We're going to have someone over to you like ASAP. Mm -hmm. By ASAP, they mean 3.50 in the morning. So So still like four four hours hours later. later. Yeah. Um, Four or five hours later. Um, the police arrived at the Anthony home. At the home is George Anthony, Cindy Anthony, Casey's parents, mm-hmm. Casey, and her brother Lee. Okay. Who was an adult. Yeah. And so the four of them are at the house. Um, at this point, it sounds like emotions are running high because they're trying to get information from Casey about where the hell Kaylee is and mm-hmm. what does she know. Mind you, both on the phone call when Casey was on the phone with the dispatcher and then when the police officer gets to the house, um, so, because these conversations are recorded, she is calm. She is even keeled. My daughter was with the nanny. I thought I could figure it out myself. I thought I could find her myself. I've been doing what I can to try and get her back. Yeah, I kind of messed up by not calling you because they kept asking her like, why wouldn't you call the right. police Yeah, after 30 minutes of your child missing? Exactly. After 30 seconds, some would say. Mm-hmm. And so she kept giving the excuse, I thought I could figure it out myself. So at this point, they ask her, okay, well, who is the nanny? Who has her? And she gives the name Sanida Fernandez Gonzalez. Two last names. Mm-hmm. And her name is Zenaida. But according to Casey, she goes by Zanny. Okay. Zanny the nanny. At that point, the cops are like, or the detectives, because detectives were involved at this point, because now they, for all intents and purposes, have a two-year-old missing. Exactly. Whether she knows where it's at, where she's at or not, it's a two-year-old, it's the middle of the night, and they have potentially someone that's kidnapping her, according to the mom. So they're like, okay, well, do you remember where... Zenaida lives where Zanny lives, where you would have dropped off the child. She's like, yeah. So they put her in a cop car. There's two detectives in the car with her. Everything's being recorded, of course, as always. You're mm-hmm. always being recorded. Yeah. <laughs> she drives them to an apartment complex. No one there by that name. She drives them to a second location, to an apartment that, according to the apartment manager, because they knocked on his door at about 5 o'clock in the morning. Right. And he said, no one's lived there for six months. And then they go to a third location, and it's a retirement home. Okay. So she is, like, three strikes you're out, dude. Okay, what is going on, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, now, at this time, it's very early in the morning. They're um Around 6.45 in the morning, they drive her back home after going through those three places with no responses. And they ask her about her employment. Okay, well, you know, now let's get some more background information. Mm -hmm. Do you think you would have written down anywhere at your office where the nanny lives? Some more information on her. And so they drop her off at home and she tells them that she works at Universal Studios. That she works there as an event coordinator. Mm-hmm. The cops go out to Universal Studios bright and early. And they ask about, you know, her her employment there. They're just gathering background information. Yep. She hasn't worked there in two years. Oh, my God. 
She hasn't worked there in two years. So if you're following along as fast as I can <laughs> bring you with me, um, Kaylee's two years old at this time. Mm-hmm. So it would have been right after her giving birth to Kaylee. Sure. After maternity leave that uh-huh. she never came back. Right. Now, I don't know if she was fired, let go, or mm-hmm. if she quit herself, but right. nonetheless, she hasn't been there for two years. The detectives do something that's a little tricky, a little fun. They go back to her house. They don't tell her that they, they know. Yeah. And they say, well, let's, you know, we're going to take you back to the precinct. We're going to ask you some more questions. They put her into the car, and they actually drive to Universal oh, without telling her. Nice. So they drive up and they're like, oh, you know, since it's kind of on the way, we decided let's just stop here because maybe you can grab some stuff off your desk. It'll help us try to find your daughter. (laughs) I will, before I go forward, um, the more and more I think about this, the more I see cuss words coming up to the top for me. (laughs) (laughs) So there will be F-bombs. Yeah. There will be shits. There will be dams. Um... There will even be B-words, even though I don't call females B-words a lot. <laughs> because this bitch is crazy. It, uh, yeah. She is crazy. She's so crazy. She has some fucking gall. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never seen before. So what she does is that she walks up to the employee, uh, employee entrance as if she actually still does work there. Yeah. And there's a guy at this gate thing, and, you know, <laughs> she... Asked to be let in. He's like, what's your name? <laughs> what's your name? <laughs> She's like, Casey Anthony, I don't see you. And he's like, you know, he's trying to be nice because there's three detectives standing there with her. Sure. It, it looks serious. Right. So he's like, well, you know, let me try something else, even though I don't see your name. She's like, well, I just don't have my badge on me, but I definitely do work here. And he's like, well, what's your supervisor's name? And he gives, and she gives him another name that's also not on the list. Oh. So there's a manager that just happens to be walking by, and he's asking, what is this whole hubbub about? Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, she kind of explains, like, he can't find me, and I don't know if there was a look or something exchanged with him and the detectives, but he lets them in. He's like, I'll just walk, you know, back with the detectives, We'll let her walk in and right. go to her office. And then, you know, once we're at her office, we'll be able to prove that she works here, etc. So they walk in. So when I say Universal Studios, um, I'm not talking about the actual park. This is the offices part of Universal Studios where she takes them. Okay. I'm picturing a theme park this Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it, it's the HR offices. I'm sure it's fun because they work at Universal. Sure. I can't imagine it not being. <laughs> and part of what she does is that she's walking around and she probably takes advantage of it being a fun place to work because she's waving at people. Mm-hmm. And some people are waving back because, I mean. Like, oh my God, it's been two years since we've seen you. Probably. Probably. Like, oh, you look familiar, or I don't want to look like an asshole not waving back yeah. at someone. So, she's waving at people, she's walking around, she's walking kind of like she knows where she's going. She walks into a building, 25 minutes go by of them walking around this location. Mm-hmm. She enters a building, she goes down a couple halls, and it's not till they go down a hall 
that happens to be a dead end. That as she's facing the dead end, she's leading the pack of people. She puts her hands in her back pocket of her jeans. With her hands still in her pocket, she turns around, giggles, and says, I actually don't work here. <laughs> it's mind-blowing. Like, no shit, dude. Yeah, we know. Yeah, we know. You have the longest commute ever if you have to walk around <laughs> your office for 25, 25 minutes. minutes to get to it. And so the detectives, at that point, they kind of did that to be like, how far is she willing to carry sure. a lie? Yeah, exactly. Is she willing to double down? Test of character. This bitch will triple down. Yeah. Because she could have gone into the parking lot and been like, uh, you know what? I'm not even going to take my chances of them not letting me in. No. She was like, I'm going to go up. I'm going to say my name. And if they let me in, that's uh-huh. Uh-huh. my lie is good. Right. But no, she led them through this entire place. Um, thinking that what she was going to find like old paperwork with her name on it or something, or like an employee of the month picture Not a with chance. her name. No, she obviously still, even with all that, didn't know where, where she was going. Exactly. So even funnier, she was never an event coordinator at Universal Studios. That oh, was weird. never her job title. What she actually did. She was the janitor. No. Uh, <laughs> she handled the photo booth at the Incredible Hulk ride. <laughs> nice. So she was the person that would print out your picture mm-hmm. after, you know, you have your frightened face on a, on a screen. <laughs> um, so that that was her job. She was never an event coordinator. Oh, my God. Um, I guess she coordinated printing and I guess so. passing out pictures if that's yeah. an event. <laughs> Like, oh, do you have your photo pass? Yeah. That's all she would do. So, and that's not to say she wasn't smart, but we don't know if she was smart um, because a little background on Casey, she actually never graduated high school. Okay. She was truant the entire second semester of her last high school year, of her senior year. She was hanging out with a boyfriend who was a little bit older, and I don't know at that point if... It, I don't know his age. We couldn't find it. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of irrelevant. But so she was, she never showed up to classes the second semester. Mm-hmm. So she didn't have enough credits to graduate. So come graduation week, her parents get a call from the school saying, Casey doesn't have enough credits or time to walk in the graduation. I was going to they were aware of No, so up until this not. point, right. they're not. Right. But they get this phone call. And Casey goes into the same lying mode, mm-hmm. protection, deflection. And she blames it all on the school, saying that the school mixed up her times, her schedule, mm-hmm. and that they were either not giving her credit for the classes that she did show up for, mm-hmm. and that it just looked that way. Her parents... So she didn't walk in graduation. She didn't graduate. Her parents, the day after graduation actually happened for everyone that was in classes, threw her a massive graduation party. Oh, man. And told all their friends and family that she graduated with honors. Isn't that wild? That is wild. I mean, they were obviously in 
embarrassed of her not, so yeah. trying to keep a secret from the rest of the family, but... It, no, my daughter would not be getting any. Oh no! Sort no nothing. No, absolutely not. She would be getting the talking of a lifetime. I would be telling the family, "I'm so sorry. She's yeah. horribly sick the weekend of her graduation party." Right. If you're gonna lie for your kid <laughs> in something like that, I'd rather go that route. Like she's not available. She's right. sick. We not decided to take a trip last minute. We're not going through with the graduation party. Not we're going to fake it. And say she made the honor roll. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Can you imagine? Did they go to Goodwill and pick up a graduation cap and gown? Seriously. Like, I don't know what they did for that part, but for it's they just threw her a huge party. Like at the ceremony and run out and grab someone's cap <laughs> after they toss it in the air. <laughs> we got it. Got it. <laughs> Yeah, so if the parents, um, at least in that situation, I think could have acted differently. I can't blame them for what they did. Um, because like you said, they're probably embarrassed. Yeah. Um, so up until this point, and and okay, so that that's just a little backstory as to like how far her lies will go. Yeah, her history of pathological lies. Yeah. Um there's also, so right after her quote-unquote graduation happened and her graduation party, her parents, or at least her mother, um, noticed that she was putting on some weight, specifically okay. in the abdominal area. Mm-hmm. Started to take on an egg yeah. shape. Her, her, her uterus was weighing heavily. <laughs> So, and, and there's conflicting stories as to, like, how she either told her parents or her parents found out about her being pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like I said, she did have a boyfriend towards the end of high school. At least we know that second semester. Come, um, so Casey, uh, Kaylee was born August 9th, 2005. And what happened there is that at the point where she was born... There was no dad to know of. Okay. We, she said to two guys, it could have been them. Neither of them were the father. Um, there was a third guy who she had actually been dating for a couple of months. And let me get his name here. Um, she was dating Jesse Grun. They dated in earlier 2005. And she kind of told him like, you might be the father type of situation. And he felt some type of way. He loved Casey. And then he proposed to Casey. Oh. She accepted. And then a couple of months after Kaylee was born, he loved Kaylee. Mm -hmm. There was a paternity test. Turns out he was not the father. Okay. He said that his heart was broken because he would have loved nothing more but to be Kaylee's father. Mm -hmm. And... He was so willing to, like, step in and, and be that person for both of them, the father figure and a husband to Casey. And about four or five months after Kaylee was born, Casey broke off the engagement with him. Mm-hmm. You might ask why, because <laughs> this person is willing to step in, right? Sure. Apparently, she told him that she was breaking this off because... He loved Kaylee more than he loved her. Oh, God. So that was one of the earlier signs that 
Kaylee's kind of a bother in her life. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's weird. Mm-hmm. It gets weirder. Yeah. Um, but as far as telling her parents whether, uh, you know, when she was pregnant and whatnot, um, they, her mom was a registered nurse and was through, I mean, still is, I'm sure. But, um, so she kind of maybe caught on to some things before Kaylee or Casey actually told her. And some stories say that the parents were super happy and like super excited to be grandparents Mm -hmm. and then some stories say that you know the parents gave her a stern talking to Mm -hmm. because you're young girl you didn't finish high school Mm -hmm. what are you doing who's the dad Mm -hmm. she's 19 at this point so there's a lot going on in this young person's life and what's your plan yeah probably yeah that's what i think any conversation with a 19-year-old as pregnant probably would have gone. Sure, even if they were really excited to be grandparents. Right. It's like, okay, hey. Let's talk about life's it. Life's getting real. Right. What's your plan? So, at that point, um, you know, uh, the parents were there for the birth of Kaylee. And the first person to hold Kaylee was actually the grandmother. mm it wasn't even Casey. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that went, whether it was the mother insistent on being the first one to hold a child, or maybe Casey didn't want to, or if it just happened that the nurse, I don't know. Handed the baby to the grandma. Right. Um, yeah. Let me tell you, here in the U.S., though, if you're not in the U.S., they will put that on your bill. If you want skin to skin contact after you're after you've given birth, really? Yeah, it's like five hundred dollars if you want skin to skin contact. Oh my gosh! Uh huh. It is the weirdest thing. We American hospitals charge for the weirdest things. We're gonna charge you to bond with yes. your baby. Yeah. What the f- I mean, and you we're, can't we're say no. Five hundred dollars. Yeah. 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 Well, that's why they do it. Right. Yeah. It's like they, they you know that you're going to want to do it. Casey's like, nah, I don't want five hundred dollars. Cut the umbilical cord. <laughs> no shit. Nah, just leave it attached. Yeah, it's It'll fine. fall off. Yeah, we'll we'll get through it. So okay, so that's just some history as far as like how Kayla came along and, and etc. Of course, after she was born, the the grandparents um were like over the moon. Right, yeah. they're super excited. They love their grandchild. The four of them lived in the same house in Orlando. Okay, so after the cops figure out that the universal thing is a complete lie, what ends up happening is they take her into the precinct now. They're Mm -hmm. like, all right, shit's getting real. At this point, the detectives were super annoyed because they've spent the better part of the whole night trying to figure out where this kid is, Mm -hmm. driving to three separate locations, going to Universal... And figuring out that she's lying about something that's two years like far gone. Like, she's lying big time. Right. What so, is she happy? Exactly. So when they take her in, they are no longer playing either like a good cap, good cop, bad cop. They are not playing like sympathetic. They go hard mm-hmm. on her. They play the very aggressive card. Because obviously the sympathetic, like, let's help find your daughter... Is not working. Right. So as soon as they get into the precinct, they go so hard on her. The detectives are very um, aggressive, loud, 
Um, I think they're just, there's no video of it. There's audio. Um, but I can imagine them, I can imagine their body language just being confrontational. Oh, they're probably pissed. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. So what makes matters worse is that Casey maintains her calm demeanor. And when they ask her, okay, well, let's talk more about this Zenaida figure, the Zanny, the nanny, and let's get some more information. She doubles down again. And she gives them the full name, Zenaida Fernandez Gonzalez. I met her through a co-worker's, uh, a co-worker who was, she was the nanny for him. And then she gives them like the whole Ancestry.com history on her. <laughs> she tells them she is... Um, her family is half in New York, half in Florida. She came down to school in Florida and I've known her for a couple of years and her brother's name is this, her dad's name is this, her mom's name is this. She completely makes up this person. Zenaida Fernandez Gonzalez, just to be perfectly clear, does not exist. It's so laughable. Does not exist. Has never existed. Yeah. There's never been a nanny. So she is, you know, can you quadruple down? What do you do? Right. Like she is digging in her heels so hard at saying that Zanny the nanny exists. And that's where she would have dropped. That's where she dropped her off. And she even said that she had contact with her just a couple of days ago. And that she did speak with Kaylee for a second or two. And, um, that she has no idea where she could be. She doesn't think she would have caused her any harm. And then she just continues this lie of her being with the nanny. Um, now the detectives, um, at this point don't have much to hold her on other than lying to the police mm-hmm. because of, the nanny, the location, we know she doesn't even live there, and then also the universal thing. Right. So they can't charge her with anything else right now, but in order to hold her, they charge her with that. She bails out because mm-hmm. it's just for obstruction. Yeah. Um, and what happens at that point is she, so she goes into county jail and she gets her one phone call before she bails out. Her mom and dad at that point have done a couple bits for TV, like local TV, about a missing Mm two-year-old, their granddaughter. And I guess one of the reporters might have asked Cindy something like, you know, do you know what her involvement is uh, of Casey? And she says something along the lines of, I don't know what her involvement is. And that's where she left it at because Mm -hmm. she doesn't know what Casey has or hasn't done. And Casey sees this while she's in jail and she uses her phone call to call her mom and ask her what the hell was that about? She's very defensive. Yeah. If my kid was missing and it's always that weird situation where like you don't know what the right way is to act, you know, Mm -hmm. especially when a kid is missing. But first words out of my mouth, if my kid is missing, I'm in jail would be. Any fucking news yet? Is my kid found? Sure. Have you found my kid? Right. And, but no, she's worried about herself, which is the weird part of this whole thing. Yeah. She's always more worried about herself and never shows 
what you would think is the right way to act if your kid is missing as a mother for her, right? So, and she, the mom's like, hey, listen, we don't know. I was just answering the questions. Like, I didn't mean to, like, implicate you any further. And at that point, she asked for Tony's number. Who's Tony? It's her boyfriend. Okay. So, she's been dating Tony Lazaro. Lazaro. For a few months Yeah. (laughs) It's Italian, I think, but it sounds Spanish to me. My brain reads it in Spanish. (laughs) It's L-A-Z-A-R-R-O. So she's been dating him for a couple months now. For about three months. And so he's originally from New York. He's down in Florida. He is going to a program um, along with a couple of the roommates that are part of the same program where they do like media they do promotions. They are learning almost every aspect of media and, and clubs and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So he works as a club promoter for Fusion Bar there in Florida. And he's also going to school. He has a couple roommates. They do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she meets this guy and they start hanging out. And he said now that he f- Probably feels a little guilty because a couple of weeks before Kaylee went missing, he had told Casey that he would never marry a woman who already had a child. Oh. Yeah. So that's worth noting. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know that he should feel guilty for that because he didn't do anything no but in her brain yeah that she probably heard something completely different Mm -hmm. so they hang out and on so here's some more dates so here's where it gets starts tricky again (laughs) so the last day that the grandparents saw kaylee was june 16th okay okay in the morning um, as she kind of left for work and she said she was going to go to Jacksonville for some work stuff that she was going to be at Bush Gardens for some weeks or something like that. And so on any given day, the mom would work like a morning shift and be home by three or four. And the dad would start work at three. He was now a security guard Worth noting, he is ex-police. And this is, these are the grandparents? These are the grandparents. Okay. So we said, you know, the mom's a registered nurse, mm-hmm. and the dad is now, I believe, a security guard, and he starts work at 3. He works about 10, 15 minutes away, but just like that generation is, not me, it likes to be early, like 20 <laughs> minutes to work. So he usually lives the, leaves the house around 10, 15, 10, 20. Okay. Okay. So they see Kaylee in the morning. Um, with Casey and, you know, they say bye, they're leaving. She has a little pink shirt on. Um, and that's the last day that they see her. Right. Or hear her. Mm -hmm. So that's where we're going to drop off for part one of the Casey Anthony case. June 16th is the last day that the grandparents saw Kaylee alive. And for next week's episode, we're going to take a deeper dive into the trial. What worked didn't work what made it into trial and just what simply didn't even make it into trial and we'll discuss whether or not it could have made a difference before we leave we're gonna we want to say thank you to our newest patreon and that's kelly you 
Thank you so much for joining the Myrtle Lovers. Thanks, Kelly. Welcome. And we're working on, uh, before the holidays hit us, on a Patreon episode here for you guys. So we'll have that to you guys, hopefully um, within a month. Yeah. Um, before Christmas. Before Christmas. We'll have that for you guys. Make Santa sure it's will Christmas bring you something. Treat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's coal, but it's a good coal. <laughs> so. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Take now a we're thinking. Something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.